Hi and welcome to the official Good Morning Football podcast. I'm Will Selva, and here are the best moments from this week so far at the breakfast table. Week three was filled with moments that remind us just why we love football so much. Whether it was the Falcons, Saints, Overtime Showdown, or the nonstop highlights courtesy of the Patrick Mahomes show, there was a lot to love in week three. Let's find out what the breakfast table thought about some of the biggest games from this week. What's the biggest takeaway for you? You just said it, Kay. Patrick Mahomes must be stopped. We have to do something about it. It's just, he's taking, I don't know if we need to change some rules or the competition committee or the AFC needs to have a sit down. We got, we got to stop this guy because he hasn't even thrown an interception yet. It's, and here's what really freaked me out yesterday is that we've seen him operate the offense and drive and do this, do this. We haven't yet before yesterday seen the ridiculous, idiotic, physical freakery play that we know he can make <laughs> and then we saw it let's go through it roll the play and I want from the rear angle so we can really appreciate the throw so he's gonna run out of the pocket he's gonna zigzag we've seen guys do this watch the way he throws it stop it right here guys at home stand on your right leg stand on your right leg and try to throw the ball you'll fall over you look so stupid and there's so much love in the stadium so much outpouring of emotion and excitement even especially the people who were down low like that oh, <laughs> oh baby Dream Weaver, Peter Schrager. The heart was maybe a little gratuitous on the side channel, but it was an unbelievable showing. And it's not early. It's not week one. It's not week two. Schrager, take us there. Take us there. Rolling around on the beach. What was it? Take us there. That's good. What's it? Islands in the sun. Yeah, come on. Unbelievable. He's unbelievable. He's a great kid to sit with. But, you know, my takeaway from being there in the building and all that stuff were the other guys. Like, this is not just Patrick Mahomes and everyone in the – like, they are so loaded. And if you saw the stat yesterday, he's already thrown to nine different yep. receivers for touchdowns. The record is 13, and that was accomplished over 17 weeks. Nine – and here is my breakdown of all of them. Tyreek Hill has one right here. <laughs> Let's go all the guys? All right, I love this. The Anthony Thomas, the Mamba has one. Crenshaw's finest, number three. Sausage, Anthony Sherman, he got one. Pull he had a big play last night yep. as well. Number four, Chris Conley, he had one in Pittsburgh. Number five, Travis Kelsey, he would have a couple <laughs> against Pittsburgh. How about Kareem Hunt getting one sure. on the sidelines here, making the play. Number six, Demarcus Robinson. This is my favorite one. Cuckoo kachoo. Demetrius Harris, the big tight end, he got one. And then Sammy Watkins on this one, setting the record, beating Peyton Manning for the most touchdowns through three weeks with 13. Nine different guys have touched it So in the end zone. So I'm going to make a call out right now. This goes to Damian Williams, Marcus Kemp, Spencer Ware, yeah. Alex Ellis, and Darrell Williams. You guys are on notice. <laughs> You're the five members of the Kansas City Hold Chiefs out. offense who yeah. have not scored touchdowns yet from Patrick Mahomes. It's a little late in the season already for that. It's time to get going. <laughs> they have so many weapons. It is so scary. Brett Veach and Andy Reid yeah. built this team. And Sammy Watkins could be a number one on any other team. Tyreek Hill could be a number one on sure. any other team. And then you get guys like Connolly and Williams and Thomas. Right. They are so loaded. That's what makes them so scary. So, yes, Patrick Mahomes has my heart, but the rest of those guys, they're pretty impressive, too. I love that, and I love that you were there. Did Mahomes know that you were that you like oh, knew him? Oh, yeah. He was, was like, I know pump. you. There was a little really? fist pump. Yeah, there was a little. <laughs> oh, he's, too cool. he's too cool to be like, thank you I for the love. love. But he's, he's uh, Shout out to the Kansas City last, fans, too, as well. Oh, yeah. last, year, last week, you were talking about, like, how do we stop this guy? And yeah. I said, maybe the only way to stop him is to keep him off the field. Mm. So, my credit this week, my immediate takeaway from all those highlights, is that Matthew Stafford and company did just that to yeah. keep Brady off off of the field. So much credit to the Lions in a game, a win 
in prime time. Can you imagine what it would feel like to be Matt Patricia, your first career win as a head coach, to go against Bill Belichick and get the win? Matthew Stafford, guys, had five scoring drives. He completed 75% of his passes and all of the time of possession. They sacked Brady twice. They intercepted him. This is the first time that it all came together for those Lions, and they had the running attack to help balance it out, the thing that we have been praying for for the Motor City. Carry on, Johnson. I thought he'd break it week two against the Niners. Didn't do it, but week three, breaking that 100-yard record by Reggie Bush since 2013. A Lions running back has yeah. not broken that. We have made fun of that. We have poked yeah. fun. Had our laughs here at the breakfast table. Carry on, Johnson. You did it. And the big question this morning is about the Patriots. Are we worried? Mm-hmm. They haven't had back-to-back losses by double digits since 2002. They went on to be 9-7 and seven that year. They didn't win the Super Bowl. They need a passing attack. We're showing you how many receivers hit by Mahomes? Nine, nine have scored touchdowns. Nine have scored touchdowns. Matt Ryan's turning it up. There's all of these explosive offenses. Can the Patriots beat the Rams right now? Can they beat the Chiefs right now? Not unless they have a passing attack. I will say we've seen this before. Sure. They start slow. They adjust. In two weeks when they have Edelman back going up against the Colts and Josh Gordon has some reps with Tom Brady, do they look like the same team? I don't know. But for now, I'm not going to talk about the Patriots. I'm giving credit to those Lions. Well done. Deservedly yeah, so. Definitely. Absolutely. Shout out to my Lions. Uh, I'll be quick. It's that Saints-Falcons game. I'm looking at the Falcons. They bounced back. The offense was great. I was very critical of Sark and it seemed like they got things corrected, but they went up against Drew Brees. And along with that record that he broke, Michael Thomas still playing at a phenomenal rate. Yep. 38 catches. Seems like he's catching everything thrown his way. Alvin Kamara, you know, I think the big question we all had is what are they going to do with the rushing attack when it comes to Mark Ingram being gone? Alvin Kamara's like, you know what, I don't need to be the leading rusher. I'll be one of the best receivers in the game. And going out there and catching 15 receptions with 124, that right there shows you the consistency. That guy right there making plays. So for me, it's these Saints. Once they start playing like this, I feel like they're the, one of the best offenses in the business, and they're just as scary as any other offense. I mean, throw, throw them out there. The Rams, uh, Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs, Drew Brees and the guys that are surrounding him in that passing game, one of the best in the business. So shout out to the Saints. Oh, one God. hell of a game. Do you think they're purposely not, not using Kamara as much on the ground right now, just like sort of save him like we were talking about? No, I think they're just taking what defenses give them. Mm. And, you know, teams expect them to, to rush the ball with Kamara because that's all they got, but he's one of the best receiving running backs. So they got to use him that way. Let me get this straight. Vikings blown out by the Bills. Dolphins start the season 3-0. and And the Jags fail to score a touchdown at home. Guys, which of those shockers or which shocker from what we just saw surprises you the most? Buffalo. That was incredible. I, you know, I, I, I do a survivor pool. A lot of people do. I do one of these things that are national, and there's thousands. There was 15,000 people in my pool this weekend. 12,250 had the Vikings, and they are all out. And they should have had the Vikings. We were on Friday. This was my lock of the week that the Vikings are going to win. It was just great any given Sunday stuff. These yeah. coaches talk about we can beat any team on any day, and mostly like, yeah, right, but you're not going with a rookie quarterback into Minnesota and beating them. Guys, they beat the crap out of them. Mm. There's no other way to put it. And Minnesota, I'm sure, is owning that this morning. They got destroyed. And the play of the day in week three, week three was this. Can we roll Josh, please? I know he's green. I know he's young. I know he's naive. Anthony Barr is six foot five, guys. <laughs> this is not some Alvin Kamara jumping over a corner. Anthony Barr is six foot five, and Josh Allen, in the most ill-advised play I've ever seen, and I don't care, <laughs> jumps over him. We talk about his arm. He can throw at 3,000 miles. He's an awesome, awesome athlete. I am so proud and impressed yeah. of, by the Buffalo Bills, what they did. Great, great any given Sunday stuff. You hear it. You <laughs> actually preach it. Look at him. Shady, Josh Allen, destroyed the Vikings. Shock and awe. It was great to see. I was proud of him. The rookie that I'm looking that surprised me the most on the other side of the ball, but for 
the Bills also is Tremaine Edmonds. Ten mm. tackles for this kid. It was the defense for the Bills that impressed me because they didn't start the season really doing much. But then you had back-to-back -back strip sacks of Kirk Cousins in this game. Uh, you held them to 14 rushing yards, which I thought was absolutely wild. Kirk Cousins was totally out of his game, handing the ball off only four times. Delvin Cook or not, you should perform better than that. Uh, three takeaways. They only had one takeaway in the first two games of the season, so mm. a lot of credit to this Bills defense. Yeah, I'm looking at that Jags game. You're supposed to win the games that you're set up to win. You're going up against a backward quarterback. Mariota's not in there, um, but the offense struggled, and I don't want to hear, well, Fournette wasn't in the game. Blake Bortles actually plays well without Fournette, but not in this one. Um, for me, I, I didn't anticipate this going the way it did, so I want to see how the Jags bounce back next week. This was a, a game that they clearly could have won, but shout out to Vabral, shout out to the Titans. They stepped up big and won a, a gutty one. It's so funny. I want to talk about the Dolphins being 3-0, and and I want to talk about them, but they don't want us talking about them. The okay. Dolphins have this crazy thing going on right lose. now where they don't lose, they fight through adversity, and they thrive on the fact that the national yeah. media shows do not acknowledge them. So, Dolphins, know that I see you, but we're not going to talk about you. I know your fans don't want that. Got to get to we're break, just, Peter. Sorry. We, just, we, gotta go, we gotta get to commercial. What? Dolphins, hey. Dolphins, we're doing you a favor. What? Hey, Ooh. Ryan Tannehill, 10 wins out of his last 11 starts. Patrick Mahomes is good. Ryan Tannehill's not bad either. Let's just say the AFC quarterback situation, very interesting. Right I don't think now. it's fair to call that a surprise to you, Shregs. You've been talking about them all offseason as being sort of this sleeping thing. You don't want to talk about it. <laughs> well, you know what? The national media is going to talk about them because they got the Patriots. Ah. Don't look now. The Chicago Bears in sole possession of the NFC North. Thoughts? It's awesome. I'll tell you what. They have... Put Pat Mahomes aside for a second. Khalil Mack right now is the best player in football. He's yep. the best player in football. Talk about it. Position. I agree. He is a monster. Yeah. And the fact that they put in Rosen, how could you I actually like that they put in Rosen? But let me just put this aside. Um, right now, if you were a Bears fan watching the Bears as a team, it feels like a really cool band where like the lead singer is just a little off, just a little bit. Just a couple Tra notes. Trubisky, I would describe him right now as scatter shot. It's a little messy. The offense was, he missed a for lot sure. of throws. The deep shots, they're trying to get out of Robinson's not there. So no apologies for winning the game, let alone on the road. The defense is incredible. Trubisky, I would describe it as a very optimistic work in progress. He's tied for the league lead with four sacks. I was so impressed in this game in the desert in Arizona to see so many Bears fans in the crowd, in the audience, and they're all wearing 52. They're all wearing yeah. Khalil. Look at this. Yeah. A contingent. They're buying the new jerseys. He gave them a show. Five tackles, two sacks, a tackle for loss, and that strip of Sam Bradford that led to the Bears' go-ahead field goal in the fourth quarter. They were down 14 to zip in the first quarter. Yeah. Scored 16 unanswered points to get that win. Their offense, I think, will gel and come together, but they're being led by their defense, as the Chicago Bears always should. Wins are so hard to come by in this league. They're so hard. They are so difficult, and they get grass from it. So, to Bears fans, who are I would just say this. Don't complain. No. Two wins. No. You're two and one. And, and here's what it is. Yeah. You have. You see what the Chiefs are doing? Do you know who was one of the guys drawing up all that stuff? Matt Nagy yeah, has right. it. So you have the offensive coordinator. You have all these weapons. Is Trubisky Mahomes? Bears probably, have Mahomes. probably not. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, you I can, think uh, that's the issue. I'm, I'm seeing Mahomes, and I'm seeing could I have had that? Sure. Could I have had that? Yeah. But Elway not isn't Marino, and Jim Kelly <laughs> yeah, isn't Marino. Yeah. It's like it's uh, a, yeah. don't have buyer's remorse. Just, just, just enjoy just the product you have. Two right. and one. Right. Best defense in the league right now. And I would not apologize for a win. I would just enjoy no. that if I'm a Bears yeah. fan. And I'll get back to Khalil Mack. You're right. He's linebacker LeBron. The the fact that he That's can go it. out there. Uh, Does that mean that the Saints are the favorite in the NFC North right now, guys? Or NFC South, rather? I'm going to go with Carolina. I, I love Carolina right now. I, I'm impressed with them. And I, I think it was that shot at the end of the highlight 
when Cam is on the sidelines celebrating doing that, that is a scary thing for the league because I look at Cam, it is, it is a, a Triple H factor with him. Happy, healthy, and help. Mm. Help. A 184-yard rusher yesterday. You don't see that. I mean, you can go back to D'Angelo and Jay Stu when he's had that. I think even with Olsen not out there, they haven't gotten DJ Moore going yet. They haven't gotten Curtis Samuel back on the field yet. You know you love the defense, but anytime Peter talked about the Norv Turner factor for the whole offseason, healthy cam and a happy cam is a scary cam. I think it all goes through him, and I like Carolina right now. I'm going to double down with Carolina, and as much as I love Cam and Norv and Christian McCaffrey, the defense to me is so good. They're doing things that they haven't been doing a lot in recent years where they're, they're slamming the door. Teams aren't coming back on them. They're putting it in, and there's a guy yesterday on the field we highlighted him over the summer. F.A. Obata, sure. the kid who was from Nigeria, mm-hmm. went to London, was homeless, found his way to football. He got the game ball yesterday right. because F.A. Obata yesterday in his first game where he was active had an interception, a sack, and he forced a fumble late. That? He was all over the field. Look at him here. Get an F.A. That's a big boy diving a defensive lineman. They love this kid, and it's just another guy up play. front that the Panthers have that scares the lights out of defenses. This is the kid, F.A. Obata. We love our international stories, and I love what the Panthers are doing. Look, it's going to be a gauntlet. We haven't even started talking about the Buccaneers yet. The Saints and Falcons, we know what they can do. If the Panthers' defense can shut the door, I think they're going to be the best team in the NFC South this season. Yeah, favorites, that's a a tough question because favorites, you you got to, of course, say the Panthers and the Saints, but a team that I want to get behind the Falcons. For the first time, I feel like they got to figure it out, and for a guy who's been very critical of Sark, I'll say I had to eat my words because they were creative and the offense had some balance. And for the first time, you saw Julio get the ball, but you also saw Julio as a decoy. It's Calvin Ridley had that coming out party, and all of a sudden we're seeing the pieces. Mohamed Sanu makes plays. And, of course, Tevin Coleman is one of the feature running backs on this team along with Devontae Freeman. But I love this offense, and, you know, for what it's worth, they went up against Drew Brees, and in one game, Alvin Kamara uh, is second all-time in receptions for a running back. Uh, Michael Thomas, th- the most receptions through three games, NFL record, and Drew Brees breaks the NFL yeah. record. So they went up against one of the best offenses in NFL history. Yep. So uh, I'm looking at the Falcons just because they're so gritty. They teach that brotherhood, you know, who's going to set it off and all the stuff that they say down in Atlanta. And they've been in the playoffs. Like, yeah. This is a team that knows what it tastes like to contend in the postseason. So I'm looking for them to kind of right the ship, even though they're one and two. Eight touchdowns for Matt Ryan in the last four games. Mm-hmm. So we sort of figured out the red zone. We talked a lot last week, you and I, about not forcing it to Julio, finding those other weapons. Yep. Guys like Sanu and Hooper and, Ridley. and Calvin Ridley, who scored as many touchdowns yesterday as Julio did the entire 2017 mm. season. It's the Saints for me. It is because you look at a guy like Drew Brees. He sets records, I understand that, but he's a 1,000. 87 yards so he leads the league in passing and this beats his own record he's never had this amount of yards in the first three games of any of his many many seasons so he's off to a great start but we know he can throw we also know the Saints were at their best when he doesn't have to have a thousand eighty seven yards through the first three games of this season you want to see Ingram come back He's back in week five. I cannot wait to have him on the field to sort of take away and restore some balance in that offense. And we finally saw Cam Jordan, Marcus Davenport, that tandem break out a combined three sacks and four quarterback hits, which is what you want to see. This defense starting off a little slow. If they did the same thing last year, if they come and bring that balance to this team, they will be unstoppable. I don't even have to mention Michael Thomas. Mm. Yeah, unbelievable. You know what's interesting? We did all this, and we all have our good cakes. And yeah. 
The Bucks are the only team that's oh, yeah. undefeated. Yeah. Are we sleeping on the Bucks? Probably. I feel like we just want to see more, and we have to see more. I mean, it's a good test, is it not? It's a great test, and I feel like the, the Bucks have a chance to go out there and continue what they've been doing, and that's shock everybody. Mm. Fitz Magic is for real, and I do believe in Magic. He's going to play at a high level. Deshaun Jackson is playing unbelievable. Yeah. The best deep threats in the game, as you highlighted last week. Peter, I, I think F.A. Obata needs a nickname. I think it's an obligation on us. F.A. Obata needs a nickname. How about F.A.O. Sachs instead of Schwartz? Oh. T.G.I.F.A.? <laughs> The Rock Obata? I don't know. I'm working on it. The Rams and the Chiefs, guys. They've both impressed everyone. 3 and 0 starts for both squads. <laughs> I don't know if you guys are going to want to answer this, but I want to know which team's better in your eyes. Which team is better, the Kansas City Chiefs or the LA Rams? I have an answer. Before the season, I would have told you the Rams. Uh, I had all these question marks um, surrounding Pat Mahomes and what he will be. Last week, I so graciously asked Peter Schwager if I can um, join the bandwagon. You let me on, so yeah, you're in. seat's comfortable. I love it. Um, this bandwagon is great. Schwager's like at the door on the bus. Like, yeah, no, there's a bouncer. Yes. Yeah, yeah there's a bouncer. No. Um, the velvet rope. Uh, but it, I'm looking at everything as it stands right now, and I'm going to say the Chiefs. Um, because okay. if, if these two teams faced each other, the three guys that stand out in my mind um, are not Pat Mahomes and Todd Gurley or any of the weapons that we see on the offensive side of the ball for either mm -hmm. team. It's three of the top defenders from both teams. It's Eric Berry, who's sitting on the sideline, and then Marcus Peters and Akeem Tlaib. Now, we don't know the significance of the injuries for Marcus Peters and Akeem Tlaib, mm -hmm. but I know if Kansas City, and this isn't a shot to the Rams, D, I don't want you guys to clip this off and say Nate's talking trash because we lost our two cornerbacks, but if the Kansas City Chiefs face the Rams right now, I feel like they'll light up the skies, especially without Marcus Peters and Akeem Tlaib out there bookending the cornerback position. Mm -hmm. So I'm going with the Chiefs. What do you think, Arrowhead? Arrowhead, uh, you know I've been very big on both teams. They were my yes. preseason Super Bowl picks, and so I am all in on both squads. Yep. I will say this, though. Eric Berry's going to get back. Okay. And Daniel Sorensen, their safety, who's their smartest guy on defense, is going to get back. And that Arrowhead crowd is insane. I don't see them losing a home game all year mm -hmm. after what I saw yesterday. And the sky is kind of the limit. Now, with the Rams, I love what the Rams are doing. I do think there are depth issues, and I don't think at home they have this advantage that the Chiefs do. So, so who fair. would win right now? Neutral field, I can't give you an answer. If the game's in Kansas City, I could tell you the Chiefs are beating the Rams in Kansas City. If the game's in L.A., I think the Chiefs might still win in L.A. So I'm going to say the Chiefs right now, if I had to pick between the two, and I think they're the two best teams in football. No offense to the Bucks or the Dolphins. Sure. I am saying the Chiefs are the best team right now heading into week four. Who's the better team? Kansas City. I'm going with the Rams. Are you know why? Because they're already drawing comparisons to the 99 Rams and greatest show on turf. People forget about the 99 Rams. They have the number one offense in the league. They have the number four defense in the league. The defense yep. is the difference maker. Do you know where the Rams this year are ranked defensively? Like Mike Francesa, number one. <laughs> number one. Best defense in football right now. So not only have the best defense, they're outscoring the greatest show on turf. They have more points and they have the best. Now listen, the Peterson-Talib thing is massive. If they're out for a while, that's going to change things. But I love the Chiefs too. It's I love the Rams though for the way that they stop guys, not just the way that they score. To have an, a team that's top five in scoring offense and top five in scoring defense like the Rams are, you have to give it to the Rams right now nobody we I love the offense for Kansas City it is exciting yeah. it is musty TV every week it is the defense what if what if defenses do somehow find the answer that you're looking for to stop Mahomes they sort of yeah. figure him out at some point or there's injuries a million things could happen you have to rely on that defense that defense is allowing 
over 500 yards a game right now. Eric Berry can come back. Is he really going to be a game changer that stops bleeding points? They're giving up just under 31 points a game. They're 29th in score, scoring allowed. I just feel like the defense needs to shore up. I don't know how that happens Can, I, can I give you the counter from the Chiefs side, yeah. how they would look at it? They would say they were – They're still winning. They're still beating teams. They were up That's 35 it. to 10 yeah. yesterday. So it's they're not – Take the it's okay. Off. You could no, not take the brakes off, but you can score a couple points here if it takes a long time. The other day, they're blowing out the Steelers and they they score late. Look at the first half defense. First, the way they look at it, we're fine with you scoring 31 sure. points as long as you're not coming. They're winning these games by 10, 11 points. So, but if they comes, slow down or yeah, defenses I, adjust and slow them down just a little bit, is that defense in Kansas City right now good enough to make up for we that? Haven't we haven't had to see it. Yet. Yet. We haven't, we seen haven't it had yet. to see it. We haven't yet. seen it. We can't address that. I, th- I believe they'll cross that bridge when they get there, but. I feel what you guys are saying about the Rams. You guys know I love the Rams. That's my Super Bowl pick as well. But I feel like the bookend cornerbacks, there's a reason why that defense is number Mm -hmm. one because wide receivers aren't getting off up against this defense. Now, if you're going in and you know that you got Donald, who looked like a monster this past weekend in every single game he's in, Sue and that interior and the linebackers, where's the weak spot Mm -hmm. without a key to leave Marcus Peters? Don't know. Let's go attack that umbrella. We'll see what happens this following week. Gregor, you've been very early on the Chiefs, very supportive. And I haven't seen it yet, but apparently some people on the internet have gotten very creative in their treatment of what? you with support of the Chiefs. I oh. Someone made this on the, on the internet. They did a heart emoji. This is Lady B. All right, oh. this is officially getting weird. Yeah, it, it, the music the and line. everything. Yeah. Peter, what was it like? Never mind all the hearts. Yeah. What was it like to sit there and talk to Mahomes? He's awesome. Yeah. He's awesome. And that's why, it's, you know, I love golf and I like McVeigh and all that stuff. But can we get off with the get hearts? Off no, right no, we're not. No. I love. I like it. Stop you're, it. You're in love with You're in football the, love the, with them. That's all right. I'm in football, football yeah, love with them. It's awesome. Okay. I'll give you that. Right? I'll say this. Okay. You were talking about the greatest yeah. show on yeah. turf. Yes. This amazing offense that lit it up and all this stuff. I think this Chiefs offense could be greater than the greatest show on turf. And they're on pace to be. Sure. They, they haven't even scratched the surface on the playbook. So to me, in today's NFL, we're a guy can't tackle anyone where defenders have no shot where there's pass interference and everything yeah to me that's that's the chiefs they're going to just score 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 and they haven't had a challenge yet nor yeah. the steelers or the chargers before them and certainly not the niners yesterday so yeah how is it to be with mahomes it's great but walking out of that stadium i was like i don't know if anyone can keep up with this team mm. including the rams which is Ooh. which is big i mean i don't know Time will tell. Maybe they'll meet each other in Atlanta. Maybe. Sometime next year. They're actually right. meeting in Monday Night Football in right. Mexico City this yep. year. Oh, yeah. That's maybe the best regular oh, season game. Gosh. That's a fun game. Good, good morning. Yeah. Dios mio. Does my love transfer over to over the border? Guys, two amor. Passports ready? Te amo. Let's I was going to say, should we go? Should we go? Unbelievable. Can we go? Sure. That would be amazing. We should start a petition. Bears loved the linebacker LeBron reference, although they think he's more linebacker Jordan. Oh, great. A discussion about who's better, MJ or LBJ. We are staying away from the topic. Either way, they say never stop learning because life never stops teaching. And we like to think the same thing applies to football. Let's find out what the gang learned after all the action from week three. Let's share what we learned this week in the NFL. Kyle and I revealed ours. Who wants to go now? I'll jump right in. I'll take it away, Kay. All right. So what I learned is that this weekend, the Calvin Ridley era has begun. All right, here's a trivia question titled, uh, Ridley's Believe It or Not. Great font right there. Great font. In the last 15 years, how many wide receivers in NFL history um, have three touchdowns in a game as a rookie? Okay? Not even Calvin Johnson, not Julio, not Randy Moss. Odell Beckham and Torrey Smith. Just check them out right here. 
making play after play after play. Inside split, runs a fade, getting busy doing his thing. That just shows you how rare it is. Odell and Torrey. That's like seeing Calvin Harris and Taylor Swift on a date. Mm, and we it. know that ain't going to happen. Wow. All right, now. Do we? Uh, yeah, no, no, no. It's not going to happen. <laughs> Good. It's pop culture you reference. Sorry, Shregs. You're out the loop. All right. Um, look, we all know that this offense is sitting around Julio Jones. But you better keep an eye on the talented Mr. Ridley. Got to do it. Because just like the movie, he's watching your every move and he wants to be in your position. Plus, when it comes to catches, it's just like what Calvin Brodus always says, right? Ain't no fun if the homies can't have none. That's quite a track. That's quite a track. <laughs> all right. Now, with all that said, um, this monster game, it's actually quite comical. If you really think about it, it kind of reminds you of that Dave Chappelle, Whack Arnold skit. Sure. I don't know if you're hip, but Calvin Ridley is walking around the team facility this week while his teammates are looking at him like, <laughs> they're going to clip right there. I see like that. They're looking at him like, look at that. Calvin's got a job. Go, young blood, go. The voiceover comes in. Mm. The Falcons give young White House the opportunity to serve their offense, making them feel responsible for their welfare of their organization. And he pops in at the end. Welcome to Atlanta. How may I help you? And young blood, you are helping your team by making plays. Shout out to Calvin Ridley, man. This is the beginning of the era. <laughs> this the is Calvin the beginning Ridley era. of the era. incredible, man. This is now, it. Shout out named, to Calvin. You named your son Calvin. He's got big expectations, big shoes to fill with a name like that. Huge. And we named him, I'm not even kidding, in part after Calvin Johnson. We called him Minitron, so it's big shoes to fill. Big shoes to fill, man. Calvin doing his thing, man. Very cool. Uh, what I learned, let's see, in a week that had all those weird outcomes and surprise scores, there was perhaps no one game that had more people look twice at their Twitter or at the scoreboard than what happened in Minnesota. The Buffalo Bills, fresh off a week that saw them trailing by four scores at halftime of a home game and having a veteran player decide to retire and end his career two quarters into a game rather than finish the season or let alone contest, went into Minnesota, one of the toughest places to play, and they absolutely destroyed the Vikings. This game was crazy. We aren't supposed to root for teams. But if there ever was a team or a fan base that you could have pulled for last week, it was those guys in Buffalo. Look, no one wants to ever be the butt of a joke. Mm -hmm. And after their 0-2 start to the season, with a player opting to quit midway through the second game, the Bills last week spent their entire week as a national punchline. They took their shots on the studio shows in football world, but also on Twitter and their start to the season had that rare crossover thing where it goes from just being on sports shows to being so fruitless that it became the late night talk show joke thing and it stretched all the way into the Sunday pregame shows where there were actual bits about Vontae Davis quitting. So guess what? As we look at the standings today, the Bills are tied for second place in the AFC East. You know what? Vontae Davis might never play another down for that team, but Josh Allen sure will. Yeah. And Josh Allen was awesome on Sunday. Lost in the Baker Mayfield mania in the on-again, off-again parade that we're scheduling out here for Sam Darnold. Right. You're right. It was an incredible performance by a rookie quarterback on the road against a Super Bowl contender in what is considered the most hostile environment in the league. Allen is the first rookie quarterback since Russell Wilson in 2012 with multiple rushing oh. touchdowns in a single game. He did that against the Minnesota defense. He's also just the third rookie quarterback to defeat the Vikings with Mike Zimmer as their head coach, Dak Prescott, Carson Wentz, the other two. It would have been very easy for the Bills to see that they were 17-point underdogs, to see that everyone picked against them in their survivor pools and just throw their hands up and say, let's just get out of Minnesota in one piece. Instead, the Bills went into Minnesota and wrecked shop. 
Hats off to the Buffalo Bills yeah. for blocking out the noise, ignoring your survivor pool at home, and kicking ass. Yeah! Congrats to the Buffalo Bills. All I right. love that performance on Sunday. Way to silence the doubters and way to shut everyone up. I hate us. <laughs> I incredible. hate us. How about Josh Allen? Ass. They kicked ass. They did. You know what I like? It, it, the narrative after the game wasn't, Oh, you know, the Vikings fell for a trap game, and they, they were looking. No, you know what? Buffalo came in just like you said, and they kicked their ass up and down the field. In their building. Yeah, it wasn't about the Vikings not preparing and looking. No, Buffalo played a better game. Shout out to the Really? Them. You know what? I like this. Uh, right? The hot take is to say that it was a more impressive game than even Baker Mayfield's because Baker Mayfield did it at home with all this against the Jets. This was in Minnesota against the number one defense from a year ago, and Josh Allen dominated. I love what the Bills did. Guys, this past weekend, there were four – Four blocked punts in the NFL. Okay. That has not happened in Wild. 15 years. 2003 is the last time there was four. So what I learned is the block punt is the most exciting play in our sport. <laughs> it is the most exciting play. You can come at me. I will shoot them all down. Kick returns are awesome, but they're very rare. You don't see them much anymore. Kind of an endangered species. Pick six, awesome. Opposite problem. Too common. You see them all the time. Punt return touchdowns are great, but they always bring with them that paranoia of is there a flag or not, and at least 50% of the time there's a flag. Yeah. They get ruined. Blocked punts are the best. It is bedlam. It is a beautiful disaster. And of all the details I love, I love the calls of blocked punts because when the team's back to punt, as an announcer or broadcaster, when you catch your breath, you say who's on the schedule, who's back deep, and then a lightning strike. Let's take a look at some from this last week won't get injured. Anytime you see a guy's his cleat gets planted. Very difficult to buy time to find a receiver. Now for the Broncos, their return man, Adam Pacman Jones, is out today. Punt was blocked. Great block, and it picked up. And the punt is blocked. Cook's punt blocked. Loose at the three. Blocked. Kayser had it blocked, and the Rams get their points anyway. I live for him. Inject him into my veins. There's another one in Jets-Browns, but you can almost hear the spit take during a blocked punt because you're catching your breath, you're sipping your coffee, and then the blocked punt, and it's just, I love the disarray in the details. It's, there's always a flailing punter with legs and feet, and he doesn't know where the ball is. There's the hero, the hero who lays out. Yeah. Maybe it's a guy making the league minimum who just made the season for himself. I love the guys covering the punt, the offensive linemen who are running away from the yes. ball, who have no idea what's going don't on behind them. It. No, no, don't touch it. And then the crowd, if it's the home crowd, they go nuts. If it's the visiting crowd, you can hear the air come out of the stadium. Mm. And my favorite detail of the block punt, they always go to the shot of a wild-eyed special teams coach on the <laughs> sideline who's going nuts. So I want to shout out the Saints, Mike Westoff, the Broncos, Tom McMahon, the Rams, John Fossil, and the Jets, Brant Boyer, who went ballistic. Fake punts are one of the biggest game changers in the whole sport. Yeah. And I will see your pick six and your kick return. My favorite play, the most exciting play, the blocked punt. You can have Heinz Ward, Larry Allen, Lorenzo Neal, great blockers. I will take a special teams guy laying out to block one with his face it gets me off the couch every time block punts best in the sport you know what i love about that there's always another guy the one that gets blocked into picking up the punt like he's not even in the right place yes he might have got pancaked and all of a sudden he has the ball in his hands and he's the hero so he's walking hey, off the field like turner what is it like when you're back there and they block one? Oh, it's pure chaos it's like you're you're sitting outside and the party's going on inside you're like <laughs> what are you guys doing up there oh, who, who got what happened you're it's good, I guess. Yeah. I guess we got the ball back. <laughs> the best. We're done. Party's going on down there. Four this week. Four! Since 15 years that's happened. Week three was pretty gnarly. Amazing week. Mm -hmm. We got Weird week four week. Kicking, kicking off. It was truly 
the, the weirdest week so weird. far. Give them credit. The bills came in, proved everyone wrong. It's enough to make you want to jump on a table. Bills Mafia don't get any ideas. Well, we're always hearing headlines about players like Tom Brady and Odell Beckham Jr., but the league is full of personalities who don't usually get the love they deserve, right? Well, that's where Good Morning Football comes in. Let's find out the stories we should have been paying attention to with this week's underappreciated storyline. All week long, we've been showing off the superstars, the highlight reels, the playmakers of the NFL. We always like to take a little bit of time to shine some spotlight on players and storylines around the league that are maybe not getting as enough love or as much as they should for week three. So we call it underappreciated storylines. Guys, it's one of our favorite segments. It really is. Every Wednesday. Yeah, I'll kick it off. Go, what do you got? Uh, I got you thinking about television and football and Great. shows like Seinfeld and I Love Lucy and even Sabrina the Teenage Witch, which was a guilty watch of mine when Don't I was hurt. a kid. These are shows defined by their star actors, but we all know they wouldn't be nearly as good if they didn't have a talented ensemble bringing it to the best and fulfilling their potential every week. So for my underappreciated storyline, I'm talking about the Bears, defense, and Khalil Mack. First, let's make this clear. Khalil Mack is an absolute monster. He's a godsend for Bears fans. He's going to continue to rack up stats and all the praise every week. He's going to get his, and this isn't going to be about him. This is about all of his teammates on that defense. The Bears lead the league with 14 sacks. Nine different playmakers contributing to that total. This is not just Khalil Mack, people. They have eight takeaways. Two pick sixes, and they haven't allowed more than 75 rushing yards in a game this season. You cannot do that alone, which sort of brings me back to TV. The best TV shows are the ones with a deep bench of supporting characters. True, I mean, true. what's Martin without, damn, Gina? Yeah, okay. What's Seinfeld without, hello, Newman? <laughs> and what's I Love Lucy without, you got some splaining to do? The Bears, I feel like, are the same way. There's a clear star at the center of it all, Khalil Mack, but the talent around him is just as impressive. Akeem Hicks, two forced fumbles, two sacks. He used to be the only guy out there. Now he's got a partner. Danny Trevathan, he's a leader on this defense. One forced fumble, one fumble recovery, and two sacks. What a game for Eddie Jackson. One interception. He had a sack as well. Leonard Floyd looked good. I have questions about this secondary, but we have guys like Prince Mukamara looking revitalized. McManus with an interception. He hasn't done that since 2010, I think, so the list goes on and on. Mm -hmm. I could do an entire underappreciated just on the Bears secondary against those Cardinals in Week 3. So in a way, Bears defense sort of reminds me of The Office. Okay, right. Steve Carell, okay. obviously the face of it, the surefire sure. star yep. on that show. But look at the cast he had around him. Yeah. Jim, he's jo Jack Ryan. Yeah. That's pretty no amazing. That's incredible. This there he going. is. He's doing pretty well for himself. Ripped he directed too. a movie called The Quiet Place. Nate loved it. I did. And he got uh, three Hangover movies. Yeah. Yeah. We love him, of sure. course. Killed he it. makes it uh, an appearance on Shredder. That's Shred Helms. That's Shred, right. Helms. Vacation, great. the new vacation. Dwight grew a beard. He did? Oh, yeah. He did. It's Dwight. It's He's a load of place. That's a pretty nice it's accomplishment, Dwight. Rain yeah. Wilson. Movies we will be talking about this Bears defense of 2018 the same way in five years. Can you believe all those guys we had on the same squad going off to do right. great things? Oh. In fact, since remakes are clearly all the rage, I've got a cast ready if NBC ever does decide they need a new Dunder Mifflin. Take a look. What, what do we got here? Yeah. Oh, the defense. Ah, I like it. There That's really good, Kay. I like it. This is it. Mac is terrifying. Just some love for is that Prince defense. Is Prince Mukamara Toby? Is that what we're looking at? I think okay. he's, well I think he's done, Ed Helms. Kid. Good job. That is awesome. That was I want to watch that show. Oh, no, I want to finish that show. You know what I mean? Like, I like that they have Khalil Mack there, but I don't like that it's just everyone. It's true. It's fruit easy, low-hanging fruit that it's and just Khalil. They got Fitzmagic now. Yes. Um, 
So I'm going to address something a little bit different. We all freaked out about the Vance McDonald stiff arm, and it was awesome. I, I did backflips for it myself, but let me just address Goat Guy on Twitter. Goat Guy is everything is the greatest. Everything's the goat. Greatest of all time. Greatest of all time. We saw this stuff arm. It was unbelievably fantastic, but it is not necessarily the goat. I did a goat search this morning. I saw a guy on Twitter saying that butter pecan is the goat ice cream. In no way is, is it even in the conversation any more than a goat is the goat animal. Get out of here. So I thought I would offer some suggestions because for these people saying that's the greatest stiff arm these eyes have ever seen, then your eyes have never seen squat. I'm going to just mix you up right now. Okay. A nice stiff one. Hey. Let's roll it right hey. here. I don't even know if Vance McDonald was the greatest tight end stiff arm I have seen in the last two years. Week one, 2017, we know this one. Austin Hooper pushes a Bears safety oh into God. the core of the world. <laughs> That's oh not even it. Oh my God. He had another stiff arm in the oh. It was even better. Over one. Yeah. Let's move. Melvin Gordon, 2017, week five. Guys, this is the one that won Angry Runs tournament last year against Janoris, who actually goes Ooh. up first and then down. That is a full choke slam. Unbelievable. Keep rolling. That's like Undertaker. All right, Chris Conti's had a rough week. How about back in 2014 in Soldier Field starring again? I don't relish in abusing Chris Conti, but it's Fred Jackson way. sure as hell does. Yo! In a uh. full backpedal for a touchdown. Let's go to 2009. Willis McGahee with Baltimore. Look what he does to this safety. He just punches him in the <laughs> face. Michael Huff, who was that? He punches him in the face wow. and runs for a touchdown. Let's also go to 2009. One of the greatest players to ever carry a football. Adrian Peterson. Watch what he does to Cleveland. You got some, and I'm going to push you all the way Ooh. out of bounds. So aggressive and so mean. Watch the replay he of this one. He stops. Watch oh this. Oh, my god. Now, watch. He's going to go, sorry, pool. I'm going to okay. put you with the drowning pool. And <laughs> look out. Come Dead on. Pool. Give it to me, Adrian. This is the right touch. <laughs> Let's move on. Adrian, this is LT. This is an overtime for the win. Oh a walk-off stiff arm for the safety lineup. You sit down. Guy Ryan Clark. And lastly, guys, 1998, my favorite. Favorite run in NFL history, Garrison oh. Overtime. Also an over. My favorite run in NFL history. Sit down, oh. and he goes for a 90-plus yard walk-off touchdown. Oh. Mariucci on the sideline. Did he score? Did he score? Yes, he did. And on the way, he stiff-armed somebody into another wow. dimension. So we love Vance McDonald, but educate yourself on the stiff ones because he's just the latest in a long line of masters of the stiff arm. What's the go? The GOAT for me is Garrison Hurst against the Jets. Go. You know, I'm all about the Chiefs this year, and the Chiefs' offense is off to this torrid start, and the list of all the offensive playmakers is endless. Like, Mahomes is the cannon-armed quarterback, and you got Kareem Hunt, who is the league's defending rushing leader. Tyreek, Sammy, Kelsey, Damian Williams, Black Mamba, Conley, Spencer Ware, Demarcus Ross. The list is long. It's electric. My underappreciated storyline this week is the underappreciated piece to the offense. Their fullback, Anthony Sherman. You might not know that name, but Anthony Sherman is a bad man. And in many ways, he's the glue to all of that. Along with Kelsey and Eric Fisher, he's the longest tenured member of the Chiefs offense. And his nickname is Sausage. Right, he's been that. awesome this year. This razzle-dazzle offense, everyone loves it. There's a place for the fullback, too, you know. Yeah. Week one, send him out wide and let Sausage fly. 36-yard receiving touchdown. Wow. Anthony Sherman, your fullback. And Kyle, you do this segment, Angry Runs. Yeah. And I, I appreciate your angry runs, but you missed maybe Did the I? best angry run of the entire season. It happened week three. Let's
Let's get the ball to Sherman. Look at Sausage, sausage. right here. Carry some dude, Sausage. Let's go, Sausage. <laughs> yeah. Still going. Go, Sausage. He's having a party, Peter. He is more than just a blocking back. This guy is the heart and soul of the offense. And amongst NFL fullbacks, he's a crazy stat. He's got the most consecutive <laughs> starts okay. in the NFL right now. Look at that. He's blowing everyone out of the water besides DeMarco. And he's also a character. We love content. We love characters on got? our show. His nickname is Sausage, yeah. so obviously <laughs> he's not going to be a wallflower. Right. Check out the way Anthony Sherman showed up to training camp. Look at this outfit right here. That's our yeah. guy. That's our guy. He's got the beard. He's got the overalls. He also showed up once in all-American flag attire. Look Man. at that look. This is Bad our guy. Sausage? So you guys wear cape <laughs> That is something. The singlet. The guys love him on the team, and we love all the Chiefs playmakers. But I think nice. Anthony Sherman, not only for the character, not only for the catch and for the run, but for what he does every day in that building, he deserves some love. Sausage, I'm here for you. Anthony Sherman, the underappreciated piece to an awesome Chiefs offense. Wow. What's yeah. his nickname? Sausage. <laughs> I love it. That's a great handle. It's a great nickname. That ain't no vegan. That's all beef right there. That is all beef. That's what I'm saying. Let's get to it, man. That's good stuff, man. Shout out to Sausage. All right. um, For my underappreciated storyline, first let me say shout out to Hamilton, Chris, and Zip, our producers. They gave me some great ideas, some great nuggets on this. So let's talk about streaks. All right. A lot of things came to an end this week. The Browns, they got their win. My Lions, they got their 100-yard wrestler. And Fitzpatrick got his loss. Mm. But there's one streak that's still going strong. The Ravens in the red zone offense. Listen, I could tell you how incredible it's been so far, but they say show, don't tell. So let's roll the tape. Here we go. We got some tape of these guys getting in the end zone time and time again. You see these guys balling out. Once they start sniffing that red zone, they start scoring touchdowns on the ground, in the air. That's John Brown, of course. He got playmaker after playmaker. The questions were, what were they going to do when they got to the red zone? Sure. Because there's so many struggles in the red zone and so many struggles offensively for the Ravens for all these years. But finally, Joe Flacco has some pieces. Now, those, these are 12 times the Ravens scored when they were in the red zone. Out of 12. how many times? Okay, I'm going to get there. This now, is incredible. For everybody at home, what I want to do, can we show the folks at home the moments where the Ravens didn't convert in the red zone? <laughs> oh, we lost it. That's right. The Ravens are an impressive Final 12 for 12 in the red zone. Wow. So far this season, that's the most consecutive red zone streak to start a season since 2000. Dang. 12 times out of 12 times. It's like putting your pants on and finding 20 bucks. 12 times, okay, in a row. Now listen. So true. You want to know how they did it? Joe knows. Uh, I think we've probably thrown the ball in six times and ran the ball in six times. And when you can do both of those things, especially when you get down tight inside the five-yard line, when you can run the ball in the end zone, that helps a lot. It takes a lot of pressure off your offense. And, you know, we got good playmakers. And, uh, you know, we can put a lot of pressure on defense with the guys that we have out there. He's right. Buck Allen, Alex Collin, Ken Dixon, they combined for six TDs on the ground while four different receivers, they provided the other six in the air. On Sunday night, the Ravens, they go to Pittsburgh to take on divisional rival Steelers, of course. Mm. All I want to see is this streak keep going. They say all things come to an end. Not this one. Let's go, Ravens. Keep that red zone streak 12 alive. 12 for 12. That's unbelievable. It's crazy. That's the dirty dozen. It's crazy. I love it. The dirty dozen. You're right oh, about man. that. I so remember LaDainian Tomlinson stiff-arming a Rams player so hard, he made his helmet pop off. Well, thanks for tuning in to the Good Morning Football Podcast. Make sure to subscribe on all our channels and come back tomorrow for some more fun. So from all of us here at GMFB, have a good morning and a great day.